is all right guys it's the mixed witches podcast welcome back to another shit show of an episode <laughs> hopefully this time it won't be as bad but i'm sure we're still gonna have difficulties because we're still going through the internet and for whatever reason the microphones on either my side or ryan's side want to be possessed by demons so her side is going to be a struggle. <laughs> the struggle bus is parked. It, it has. It has. It's ready to go, and it's going to, we're going to struggle up the hill. We're going to do it. <laughs> but hopefully the sound of the air conditioning running is lesser because I did actually move back into the bathroom instead of staying out in the living uh living room no (laughs) the main area (laughs) of this studio apartment like hotel room i am currently living in (sighs) which a struggle really i can't do shit that i want to (laughs) everything's a struggle right now we'll make it work we're gonna make it work it'll be fine but I apologize ahead of time for Ryan's demonic presence here today. I'm not possessed, I swear. (laughs) Are we sure about that? I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. I don't know if it was but I'm sure. (laughs) Well, hopefully it'll clear up eventually throughout the course of this. And it won't be the worst ever. But I don't think it's going to be hardly clear at all this time. Anyway. (laughs) Um, I'm going to be talking about anointing oils today. Ryan, what are you talking about today? I'm going to talk about the concept of, quote-unquote, finding yourself. (laughs) Finding yourself. I'd like to call it, like, shadow work 101. <laughs> 101? Yeah, like, I was thinking of shadow work, and then I was like, no, no, we need to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about this first. Yeah. All right. Since I started, then you start. Yep, my turn to start. Okay. Um, actually, I'm pretty sure my notes are a little fucked up, so this is going to be a little bit of a struggle bus today. Already. But it's fine. Just like we'll, get, else. <laughs> we'll get through it. I swear, we'll get through it. So, like I said, I'm talking about anointing oils today, but kind of a good portion of it is talking about just anointing to begin with. So that's since that's kind of um a topic people have confusion over when you first start out. Like I didn't know what like I knew what the word anointing meant. But at the same time, it's like, okay, but what does it really mean in this concept? It's like, it feels like intermediate. Yeah, it feels rather advanced for a beginner, but really it's probably the simplest thing you can do. Yeah. Okay, so anointing, 
like I said, is super simple. Even though it sounds kind of intimidating when you first start out, stupid simple. All it is, and I'm going to say the definition first, is to smear or rub with oil, typically as part of a religious ceremony. So, uh, this can include, like, anything you want it to include. This can include candles, tools, yourself, your house, really anything. Like, um, so anointing oils are found in a lot of cultures and religions, and as far as I could tell, there's at least some form of anointing, whether it's done with oil or water or some other substance that happens in every religion. So in um, modern Hinduism, and I don't know how to say this, so I'm going to fuck it up, uh, Jainism? Jainism? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, Jainism is right. Anointing is done with water or yogurt, milk, or bottle, 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 oh god, (laughs) butter from the holy cow. Um, and then in Judaism, which this is the antiquity version of Judaism, a holy anointing oil was used to consecrate, consecrate priests, let me read revise that since my mouth just doesn't want to work today was used to consecrate priests the high priest and sacred vessels so anointing I swear to god I know you were saying Judaism but I thought you were going to say Satan (laughs) I'm sure it's in Satanism too Um, I'm sure they have something something going around you know I thought you were going to say it was used to consecrate the high priest and Satan it was like oh (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Back up what? To consecrate who? (laughs) So. (laughs) I can't. So, uh, it can also be found in Christianity, Catholicism, uh, Latter-day Saints, Uh, Santeria, like, voodoo, hoodoo, all use some form of anointing oil. Um, and honestly... Or anointing. What? Like for like for Lenny. Oh for yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the pastor rubs ash on your forehead. Yeah. Sorry, that's my pen in the background. <laughs> Trying to keep <laughs> keep myself in line with everything that I'm talking about. Um, and honestly, when I was searching anointing oils, I had to search magical oils because all I kept getting were Bible sites, and uh, yeah, some of them were very not friendly sites when it came to witchcraft (laughs) like i'm pretty sure i saw witchcraft and satan in the same sentence in on one of those sites so i was like oh i gotta go (laughs) (laughs) i'm 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 a i'm gonna take a step back here and uh just let you do you we're not friends with witches like satan we don't know them We, we don't we don't know them um, I don't want to know them. <laughs> uh, so I had I wrote down a tip here before I finished with <laughs> the religions. Um, but it, I said just a tip: when I anoint a candle, I anoint it sliding towards the wick and myself for manifestation and for banishing. I anoint the candle from the wick to the base, going away from myself. Just I was gonna say a pro tip, but I'm not a pro at all. <laughs> That's the we've already established we're not bros. No, we're baby witches. But that's how I do it. I saw, I 
a hoodoo, a, a hoodoo a YouTuber talk about that. She, she does it the same yeah. way. Yeah. Um, who did I learn it from? I learned it from Bahati Life. Ah. Yeah. Um, anyways, so <laughs> there's... <laughs> There's a lot of popular oils uh, used that have their roots in American root work, hoodoo, and conjure, which are um, some of the ones that I'm going to mention today. I'm not going to mention any other popular ones. These are, these are just the ones that I found um, that I've heard about, too. That I, Yeah, so I'm going to talk about them. Um, they were developed by magic workers in rural, rural. Why is that word so hard to say? and minority communities. So they were often passed down by word of mouth and brewed with things that were on hand from gardens or kitchens. So um, a lot of the ingredients are pretty easy to find, and these oils are kind of easy just to make on your own. Um, That being said, the formulas are often personal and closely held. So you might be able to find a recipe, or more so you're probably just going to find ingredients that are associated with the oils rather than ingredients that are actually in a person's oil. So it's kind of like um, a secret family recipe from a restaurant. <laughs> um, so I didn't try to you dive... Know, I think it's because like, witchcraft is so personal. Yeah. So pretty much you're going to end up changing it into your own kind of oil yourself. Like my... Full moon oil is not going to be the same as somebody you find on Etsy or somebody you talk to on the street. Like, everybody's full moon oil is going to be different because not everybody really sees the full moon in the same way. So, like, I know that some people use the full moon for new beginnings, but also some people use it for manifesting, which is what I use it for. And then some people consider the new moon for manifesting rather than new beginnings, but I use it for new beginnings because that's just what makes sense to me. Anyways, they're all going to be different. Um, uh, Yeah, so I didn't try to dive too deep into what they're made of. If I do, it'll be later on in a different episode rather than um, this one because this one's just some of the popular ones. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so I got some, you. I yeah, see. yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of popular ones you're gonna find. You're gonna find um, uncrossing oil, which is good for shaking off jinxes, hexes, and bad luck. Um, Come to me oil, which is used in love spells to attract a lover, often with a specific target. But um, I did see that it could be used in general, but it works best for a specific target. Um, then there's <clears throat> Van Van oil. which is an all-purpose lucky oil and protective ointment. And something I found interesting that I saw was that it's good for battling the effects of mercury retrograde. Now, I can't... Don't quote me on this because I don't have personal experience with it, but that's, that's what I saw out and about there. And then um, black cat oil, which I personally felt most drawn to when I was reading about these. Um, And I want to get some or make some. Right now, I don't have the ability to make any. So I might just try to find some. Um, But this is uh, 
a lucky oil for people who are feline in nature is what it said. So witches, tricksters, charmers, and loners are some of the people it had on there. And then gamble, uh, <laughs> my mouth, um, gamblers, and then it lends powers to spell, spells for second sight. It's also good for stealth and luck. And then the color also apparently is important as some, a lot of things have like color magic. Um, red is for seduct, for seduction. Green is for prosperity, and black is for banishing or reversing a spell. <clears throat> and then there's um, Abramelin, Abramelin, I can't, I don't know, uh, A-B-R-A-M-E-L-I-N, oil. It's like Abram Ellen. Anyway, Sorry. I'm bad at pronouncing stuff, clearly, as my mush mouth has told you today. So, this is used for consecrating altar tools, evoking, or communing with not-nice spirits, So, <laughs> and for anointing the body. Um, what I did see is that this was the oldest oil that was on, uh, that I was reading about. Because it comes from, like, a medieval spell book. I'll go deeper into that if I ever do an, uh, an episode on it. But that's what I saw. And then um, road opener oil, which is already pretty self-explanatory, I think. Um, but it's used to open doors, create new pathways. Um, so a very good thing to have with new beginning spells. And then uh, you can also use it to anoint your shoes, cars... Cars, car, tools of your trade, or whatever object is literally or figuratively, figuratively going to move you to the next place in life. And then, um, do as I say oil, which is used to bend others to your will. Uh, this has a couple name variations, but you're going to love this one. The name variation that was my favorite and the funniest is bend over oil. So. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I saw it and I started laughing. The label that says bend over oil. I saw it. I started laughing and I was like, I have to tell her. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and then, um, I think this is the last one. Yes. And then there's Four Thieves Oil, which is used in protection spells and um, was also said to have its, or from what I was reading, it's probably really good at health spells is what I was reading, because um, the whole story behind it is that it was during the the Black Plague. You know that one. The other B word for that one. And these four people, these four thieves were going around stealing from the rich, giving to the poor, blah, blah, whatever you want to call it. Um, I didn't... 
I didn't sit down and read the whole story, so this is like an overview. But, uh, so they were reportedly never getting sick because they had um, a mixture of oil and herbs and whatever the fuck that kept them healthy. And when they were finally caught, the, um, the people who caught them demanded that they give them their potion or what it, whatever they had called it. And then after that, those four people died because they didn't have uh, access to that oil. And so a lot of... <laughs> isn't it, though? So a lot of, um, like, herbs that go into this usually have medicinal properties. Again, don't quote me on the health spell portion, but that's probably what I would use it on. <clears throat> Or four, if I needed a health spell. Um, one thing that this isn't one thing, but an important thing that I will say is that anointing oils are for external use only. Do not ingest your anointing oils. Don't do it. <laughs> and make sure when you do use them, if you're going to use them on your person. You do a skin test beforehand because you don't know if there's something in there that you're going to be allergic to or if the combination of ingredients you might be allergic to. So just be careful if you're going to use an anointing oil on yourself. Don't just go willy-nilly and just cover yourself in it and find out it gives you hives. Please, don't do that. <laughs> And, uh, one last thing. I treat it like you would any other piece of skincare, you guys. Uh, anything. <laughs> Are you okay? I got a whole ass frog in my throat, okay? It's not fun. Um, so one last thing I'm gonna say before I give the microphone over to Ryan is that, um, <laughs> Anointing oils really don't have to be anything special. Like, it could just be olive oil. Like, when I was reading, um, I saw that, I think it was Catholicism or Christianity, a lot of the times it'll be olive oil that they're required to use. Or maybe it was Judaism. It was one of those three. Um, if it's on hand, they have to use consecrated olive oil out of anything. I think... Let me revise myself. I'm pretty sure it was Judaism. <laughs> but don't quote me. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. Um, so it could just be olive oil. It could be essential oils. It <clears throat> really can just be anything that's special to you. Like, uh, for example, I anoint my windows with a pentagram drawn in peppermint oil. And the outside of my door, <laughs> when we were in an apartment, uh, with peppermint and lemon essential oils for various reasons. But um, I use peppermint pretty much for everything without mixing it into anything else besides, like, water. So, it doesn't have to be special. You don't have to, like, you don't have to buy it. There is plenty of shit in your, uh, in your kitchen cabinet, I'm sure, that you can make a protection oil or a good luck oil or anything like that on your own. Like, rosemary is already great for protection, so just... Throw it in some oil, let it sit, 
That's not how you make an anointing oil, but that's kind of how you make an anointing oil. Let it sit, and then you can use it for later. So, I know this has been said, but, like, it needs to be said again, especially by us newbies talking to other newbies, that, like, witchcraft is so mainstream and commercial in good and bad ways that, like, it's really easy to think that you need to get a whole bunch of stuff or you need to do things a certain way. But, like, if you really think about the history, like, this is something made by people who had nothing. So don't think you need to do, like, a thousand and one things or need, like, the best stuff. Because back in the day when they were doing it, they didn't have shit. Yeah, a lot of the times, if you look, witchcraft is practiced by, like I said, the minority communities, rural communities. It wasn't practiced by the rich because they already had everything they needed. They had their food. They had their clean water. They had ways to... Well, to not say... To not say that they didn't do it because they would, like, hire these people, but... Well, people but it was in a different way. It, like, practiced it, did it, didn't have anything. Anyways, that's my TED Talk. <laughs> On anointing oils. You know, I knew when we started this podcast we'd have a little bit of social commentary, but, like... <laughs> we have a lot of social commentary. Clearly. We have a lot You to can say. do witchcraft poor. In fact, I think it's more powerful if you do it poor. I think it's more power- powerful if you just do it the way you want to. Well, that too. Like, but using I, what I, you I, have. What I mean by it is when you're, when you don't have anything, you kind of, you have to make stuff, and I always think that's more powerful. <laughs> yeah, so personally, using what like, you have on Personally hand. powerful, you know. Okay. <laughs> so let's not talk about social class anymore. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to oh. get my daily water in today. I haven't drank <laughs> shit today. Actually, that's a lie. I drank some vanilla chai tea earlier. All I've had is a coffee. So <laughs> we're so <laughs> we're terrible at being nice to our bodies, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I don't love my body. <laughs> I do, but I just treat it like garbage. Like, there will be one day when I don't have a bladder that's flight deck qualified, but currently, I do. I'll, I can go eight hours without peeing and not have an issue, but mm. Mm. knock on wood. <laughs> that's not healthy. No, no, it's not. But neither is literally dying on your period on the flight deck. That was the worst. I couldn't move, and I was still required to stay up there. It was disgusting. That sounds about right. That sounds like being a woman. Yeah. It was like 120 degrees. I was sweating through my float coat. I was dying. My outside bits hurt. And I was just leaning on Collins, and I was like, oh, why can't I stand up? It hurts. Please, can I go downstairs? And my first class was like, nah, you got to stay up here. And I was like, fuck yourself. But I was a third class at the time, so I couldn't tell him to go fuck himself. I had to stay up there. You had to endure. Yeah, I did. 
Anyways, stop talking about that. (laughs) Flight deck qualified body parts. (laughs) Uh, What were you saying? What were you saying it like that? (laughs) Literally, I sweat like 10 pounds a day. It was gross. Okay. Anyway. So, sorry, I'm doing my makeup. (laughs) So, uh, finding yourself. When I, okay, when I was writing this, like, I did, I did want to talk about just straight up shadow work. And just that, the whole, like, concept of shadow work. But then this hit me. Like, everything does. Bam, right in the kitchen. I was sitting here reminding my own business. <laughs> Doing some research. And I got struck with that thing that I know you and I talked about. Where the concept of finding yourself. And how wrong that is. How annoying it is to I, hear. Well, it's just I'd like to change the vernacular. I would like to describe it as discovering yourself or rediscovering yourself. Because finding yourself makes it sound like it's an outside force. Like it's out there in the middle of wherever that you have to find. You have to find things. When really, you know, that's not true. Everything you need is already in you. Like, all your answers, I know it sounds hokey. I know it sounds hippie, dippy, and hokey. But it really just struck me the other day to be like, you know, your life, what you're put here to do, like, all of that stuff, all those questions you have are inside you because they've been inside you this whole time. It's just outside forces have told you that it's not. It's like... Okay, so I was watching, I I know I told you about this uh, tarot video the other day, but um, it's like the, it's the um, awakening process of discovering yourself, because everything's just coming to the surface instead. Right. So, funnily enough, glad that you brought that up, because I, what struck me was I was having a tarot reading myself, one of my favorite YouTubers did a reading and uh i watched it and it was everything that i needed to hear as in not everything you need to hear is for your benefit but this was one of those moments where it was a situation where it felt good to hear somebody else saying it because just saying it to myself like wasn't enough you know there are things that you tell yourself and you keep telling yourself and yet for some reason you don't believe it because it's just you and having somebody else say, yes, I see what you see. I feel what you feel like. Yeah. Outside corroboration. Right. What you're feeling is not false. It's not like wishful thinking. It, It is what it is and you're feeling it for a reason. And it feels very like, it feels like a weight off your shoulders. Just go, Oh, finally. Like, I'm not just sitting here pedaling my wheels. Like, this is, I'm feeling this for a reason. So, finding yourself, quote, unquote. This is like, it's the whole concept of the inner child. Because 
I know I've talked about this with you and, you know, I've talked about this with my father when I've like had my moments and I felt it a lot yesterday. In fact, I had a really good cry yesterday and it was one of those random cries where it was like, I'm not upset. Why am I crying? It's like one of those pre-period cries, but you know, you're not going to be on your period anytime soon. Right. It definitely felt like in inner, it definitely felt like there was something inside of me that said, you need to cry about this. You just need to let this go because we can heal after this, which is why I want to talk about the inner child because it felt like my inner child was finally saying, thank you for recognizing me. Like, thank you. I feel like I can let go of the pain now and we can move forward because yesterday I was sitting here, I listened to that tarot reading and then I, I remembered something that I've, I've felt before and it comes up and the more it comes up, you know, the more healing I feel. And now that we're on the spiritual journey, I feel like I can, I can acknowledge it because I remember when I was an actual child that I was way more fearless than I am now. Yeah. I remembered thinking when I was a kid, you know, I did, I, you know, <laughs> let me not stumble over my words, but the one thing I, the one thing I specifically thought was, you know, a lot of people say, you know, maybe you should try acting. I know you want to do modeling, but maybe you should try doing that too. That might be fun. And I know I have a thing for burlesque, but I always think I don't need to be on stage. I don't know if that's for me. And I remember as a kid, not feeling that way. I've never wanted to act or be on stage, but I don't remember being afraid of it. Like I did it and it was fine. And it was like, okay, like maybe this isn't like my life purpose, but like, I'm not afraid of it. Now it's like, Oh God, I don't think I'd be good at it. I don't think that's for me. Like there are people who are better than me. Like I don't, that's not what I need to be doing. Like why would people even want to watch me? It's all those like fear based thoughts that I don't remember having as a kid. Yeah, because... As I remember, a, you know, nowadays I think, oh, I'm not that much of a singer. Yeah, like, it's like, I, I don't sing very well. I'm not that much of a singer, you know. Oh, I don't dance very well, even though I did all those as a kid, and I didn't think those things. And it's those those moments where you realize, like, where did that little girl go? Yeah. Like, why am I not like that anymore? Like, where is she? And she's in there, and she's crying. She's literally saying, Hello? I'm still here, you know. Like, one of my favorite drag queens is Trixie Mattel. For those of you who now didn't need this information about me, I like drag. And I like to watch drag queens. And one of the most important things she said was talking about shame. And she described it as a landfill emotion. Whereas, if you are, you know, a landfill is an empty space. So you are a landfill as a child. And throughout your life, people throw opinions and garbage into your landfill, but you're the one who has to carry that. You're the one who carries those garbage bags in your landfill. And you feel shame or you feel doubt and you feel all these things about these things that you didn't feel as a child because as a child, you're a clean slate. You're a sponge. And we don't think about it as kids because we're kids. And now I'm older, I realize as a child, you know exactly who you are. You know exactly what direction you want to go. You know exactly who you're supposed to be. But as you grow up, other people tell you about yourself. And then you start to believe it. Even though as a child, you knew who you were. That's why you didn't have fear. That's why you didn't care. Because 
you knew what you could do and couldn't do and you knew who you were on like a soul level and it really like hit me the other day I was like wow <laughs> I was like where is she where is she at she's in there and she's mad as hell <laughs> so she's bitter she's Angry. in there and she's pissed off she's like who are you I don't like you what the fuck what the fuck is that <laughs> No, literally looking at older me and going, ew. Hello. <laughs> I don't like her. So it's like I, I don't like describing it as like finding yourself because there's nothing to be found. You were who you were when you came out. And we spend all our life kind of just rediscovering who we were as children because who you were when you came out was who you were supposed to be. No question. You didn't think of it that way because you're little tiny brain child but <laughs> you only have lizard brain as a child right like you have smooth brain no wrinkle <laughs> smooth scale skin <laughs> you know, because i remember it was it's one of those it's so basic but we don't say it to each other i i've always like i've said i've always loved marilyn monroe i've always loved pinup i've always i was that kid watching america's next top model and thinking wow that looks like a lot of fun i want to do that I always knew I wanted to be a fashion designer. And then I hit a point at around like, you know, 11 or 12 where I decided I didn't. And yeah. I don't know where that came from. But where I you know get like I, subconscious of everything that you like for no fucking reason besides the fact that some kid looked at you weird. Some right. And little I little jackass of a boy. I remember like, you know, back in the day of like MySpace, you know, I remember I used to take pictures and make outfits and do what I'm, you know, doing now because it's popular right now because of Instagram. But I remember doing it then and not thinking about it as much. I remember thinking, I really like this outfit. Like, oh, my God, I look amazing today. Even if I didn't, it didn't matter because I felt good. And I don't remember second guessing it. And it's one of those moments where I, I'm sitting here rediscovering myself and thinking, what the fuck happened? Like, who is this? Because my inner child is in here being like, when did you switch? When well, did you bitch. decide not to do? I thought we were on the same page, but clearly I was wrong. <laughs> the other thing that I remember, which is something, fun fact, this is how we met. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You listen to the podcast. But I remember when I asked my dad, I, I said, I want to play cello. And that was it. It was no doubt it was no second guess it was no can i play an instrument am i gonna be any good at this what if i can't make a career out of this well who cares i didn't care when i was 11 or 10 or whatever because i start i didn't do it the first year i you know you could start like fourth grade i did fifth grade it's yeah fine. i started from fourth but grade. but like right but it's like i i didn't have that i just remember saying i want to play and that was it i remember that was it, it. <laughs> I remember when I started, so we did the class, did you, like, so we did the class right before they opened it up for the fourth graders and said, well, here's the instruments, and here's what you can do, here's band, here's choir, yeah, here's orchestra, and, like, I can't remember, it was an older student, and they played the violin, and I was like, holy shit, I want to do that. Like, I wanted to do that so bad. Well, yes. really, it was the viola at first. <laughs> It was the viola at first, because they did show us the viola, too. And I was like, I want to do that. And they were like, well, you have to start with the violin first. And I was like, fuck, I'll do that, too. <laughs> and I, re yes. well, I remember I went to my parents, and I told them that. And 
I think it was my sister. Somebody was like, hey, but, like, don't you want to play something cooler? And I was like, what's not cool about the violin? The violin's so cool. Have you heard them play? That's the coolest shit ever. And then I played for seven years, so. Yo, yo, I remember having very similar. My mom played the flute when she was a kid. And I didn't have that kind of situation of specifically that, but I do remember sitting there and seeing that cello and thinking, that's it. That's what I want to play. And of course they say, well, you have to start with violin first. You can't, we don't have cellos until sixth grade. And I was like, hey, I'll play violin for a year. Fuck, I don't care. Okay, I'll do it. And I just remember, I just remember thinking there was no question of, oh, okay, well, I guess I won't do it or, you know, like, like, who cares? As yeah. a child, you just really don't give a shit. I was, like, you were, and as you a kid, you're willing to wait the time. not give a shit. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly. Like, because <sighs> I, specific, you know, specifically with modeling, since this is what I'm pursuing at this moment, I do remember the one thought of, like, oh, well, I know I'm not going to be tall enough to do it. But it wasn't a hindrance. It was just a fact. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, I guess I won't do it because I won't be tall enough. It was just like, well, I'm a short person, but I'm going to still do it. Like, there wasn't, it wasn't a question of to do it or to not do it. It was just a fact. Oh, I'm short. Yeah. It's just finding your own way to do it to right. make the shortness like, not short. matter. <laughs> like, okay. Because I remember thinking, you know, uh, one of the examples they have is Kate Moss. Kate Moss is only 5'6". She was one of the people who kind of, you know, booted the ladder down a little bit of like, okay, well, you can be a little bit short, even though, quote unquote, she's not short. But the fact that she was only 5'6 and she was successful, everyone went, oh, okay. Yeah, she's so shorter than the average model, but she's as tall as a normal person. I know, like, she's not short, but, you know, short for a model, but the, it was the it was the stepping stone. It was the fact that it was like, oh, okay, well, fuck it. If she can, I mean, damn, I guess it don't matter that much. Yeah, I mean, like, I still, I feel the same every time that I'm, like, looking at um, lingerie modeling, and all those women, despite the fact that their skin color changes, because a lot of them are colored women, um, they all have the same body type. They all, like have the hourglass figure, they're super tall, and I'm just sitting there, I was like, well, fuck it, I'll still do it. <laughs> right. That's what it doesn't I, matter. I feel exactly the same way. And for those of you who obviously can't see us, we do not have the same body type, but no. I literally feel the exact same way, because I'm like, well, I know that I'm short and I'm skinny, but fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm short, but I'm, like, wide? Like, I feel like I have wide shoulders, wide hips wide (laughs) like I'm not I'm not fat I'm rather fit but I am wide you're not fat no I laughed but I'm agreeing with you even though I just giggled (laughs) and I'm I personally feel like I'm rather muscular even though there is the layer of fat over top because I'm a wide person from a Hispanic descent (laughs) and that's just kind of you're very hippie yeah, I have hips. I, I have lots of hips. I have lots of hips and I have lots of ass, and it makes it really hard to find not only dresses but pants that like to sit correctly. <laughs> Somebody who loves rompers, and that's literally your burden. <laughs> My burden with a romper 
is the fact that my torso and my legs are the same length. So I don't, let me rephrase that. That sounds weird, but like when you measure from the top of your head to your crotch and then from your waist to your feet, it's the same length is what I mean. And it makes it very hard because I'm proportional to find stuff in romper sizes because a lot of them are made for people with long torsos and I don't have a long torso. <laughs> Anyways, we went completely off track. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's fine. <laughs> people watching this podcast, people listening to this podcast by now, they're going to be prepared. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, I, you know, I think it the same way socially as well. I wouldn't describe myself as someone with social anxiety. I think it's like a mild case. I'm very, I realize that it's, I can describe it. Not to say this isn't social anxiety, but I I know specifically what it is. I'm afraid of people. And I know that. And I know why I am. And it's that thing of, I am, it's the shadow work of figuring out where that started. Because I know, I've always been shy. But when I was a kid, I would just walk up to, like, I used to go to the park all the time. And I would walk up to a child and be like, do you want to play? And they'd be like, sure. And then that would be it. It wasn't like second-guessing it or thinking, oh, my God, I don't know if they're going to like me. And the thing is, is I don't have too many people who don't like me. So I know that it's not specifically like, oh, my God, a lot of people hate me, and that's why I'm afraid of people. Yeah. But I know that as a child, the thought never even crossed my mind that people wouldn't want to play with me in the sandbox. Like, it never crossed my mind that this person would say no, and they never did because as a kid, you don't fucking care. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody just wants to play in the sandbox. I don't care. Oh, man. I I feel so, that, but, like, on a lesser scale, because mine is very specific. Like, um, I put off a lot of bravado, but fuck. If I'm alone and there's a man coming towards me, you best believe that I turn and I walk away. Well, okay, as two young, small women, we are both afraid of men, and I'm not going to question that. I know exactly why we're afraid of men. <laughs> men to be feared because they're crazy like like (laughs) i just yeah like uh i was thinking it the other day i was sitting in a car and somebody was walking like a man was walking towards my car and i locked my doors and he looked at me and i had done the same exact thing to an old man the other day and i was like listen bro it's not you it's all of you i'm sorry it's not you it's society I'm sorry, but not sorry at the same time, like, but, you know, if, like, a woman was walking towards my car, depending on what she was wearing, like, if she's wearing a biker jacket looking, like, real tough with, like, a baseball bat, probably gonna lock my doors, (laughs) but most women don't make me want to lock my doors. Anyways, yeah, so... Kids, well, we're not afraid, We're not afraid of our, our each other. No. I don't think a woman's about to be sketch-ass. No. But we also perpetuate female murderers as, like, a good thing. So, like, this is a mixed bag. Yeah, that's true. As a society, we're like, it's okay for a woman to murder, and I'm just sitting here like... No. <laughs> no, I don't want to be murdered by anybody. No, it ain't. It ain't good. 
So, the soapbox is, <laughs> it's just, I don't agree with the, with the verbiage of finding yourself. I know you were talking about that comedian you like. It's the same thing as the whole missing puzzle piece thing oh. in Lovers. And I believe in soulmates, but it's that same, to me it's that same concept. It depends on how you describe a soulmate, because I don't agree with the whole just a missing portion. I don't agree that there's a missing piece of you out there that you need to find. <laughs> yeah. To be your quote-unquote soulmate. I believe that a soulmate is... It's almost like if you made a bonfire and someone else made a bonfire and in some way you could put those two fires together and make a bigger fire. Yeah. But on their own, they were a fire anyway. <laughs> they'll still do the job. Like, they'll still right. keep you warm. Right, they still keep you warm and they're still a fire, but you just made a bigger one. <laughs> a bigger one that'll attract more people. <laughs> yes, burn down the whole forest. Oh, God, please don't. That's the relationship I want. I want us both to be a big bonfire and burn down society. <laughs> oh, we're two different people. I was thinking about a bonfire on a beach, you know? fun beach bonfire party run into the ocean come out freezing cold that kind of bonfire so <laughs> well so, I don't want your bonfire then I want anarchy <laughs> <laughs> oh god no so I never described specifically in the tarot reading it was because I sit here of course I know fame is a struggle. I don't have to sit here and get off that soapbox. Everyone knows it. So I'm not going to, I'm not complaining. Like, eh, I'm not, like, not, but like, I remember even, okay, I will say as a child, I didn't think I was meant to be famous, but it wasn't something I thought about. Now, when I think about it, it is in the negative of like, oh God, that's just not supposed to be me. Like, I'm not supposed to be famous. Like, no one's going to like me. Even though I get inclined to things that will lead to fame. Yeah. Like, everything I've pursued would lead to fame in some way. Even playing an instrument, that's still, like, on a stage. People would know who you are. Yeah. That's not, that's not subtle. So, I've done, I've always been interested in stuff that would lead to fame, and as a child, I just never second-guessed it. I just thought, these are my interests. Okay, and, okay. <laughs> like, I always saw, not, because I never saw myself as being, like, a celebrity, but I knew I was, I wanted to be well-off, and if that came with being known, then so be it. And now I look at it with a certain haze of fear. And the reading was basically that. She said, you feel pushed to do your life purpose. Like, you're supposed to be well-known. You're supposed to be famous. And if you're feeling that push, that's why. So stop fighting it. And you – and it's that – she said the way you're going to get there is by being vulnerable, by not being perfect, by being okay with the fear of it, not being afraid of it, just kind of taking it as it comes. Like, don't fight it so much because this is what you're meant for and you'll be really successful. And for those of you who don't believe in tarot, teach his own. This is going to sound a little like, okay. But <laughs> it, what, what I appreciated was whether or not I believe in the cards, it was exactly what it, it just felt nice to hear because I'm sitting here thinking, oh God, like, I don't know. 
if this is supposed to be for me or maybe, you know, when you're sitting here being like, is this my path? Like, is this my purpose? Even though it's like, I don't want to do anything else. Like, there's nothing else. I don't feel that confliction of like, if there's something else I should be doing. Like, no, this just feels right. Even if it's not clicking immediately, it just feels like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So why second guess it? Like, and when I sit down and think about it, I'm like, this is how I felt as a kid. This is what I saw myself doing. And my inner child is sitting here being like, yes, yes, bitch, do this. <laughs> do that. This thing. is exactly what we were supposed to be doing. I'm so glad you're finally doing it. <laughs> so it's just reevaluating and rediscovering that person in there that you like buried under all the garbage and under and it's it's sifting through the garbage of okay where did this come from where did that come from why do I feel this way so on and so forth I remember telling my therapist when I did therapy like I never had self-esteem issues I never looked at myself and was like ew I'm disgusting I never had that problem I could sympathize with it, of course, when other people, I know like other people have those issues, but I just know I, I was never one of those people. And it, I got to a point where I became that way. And I remember sitting on the floor thinking, why do I think this way? I never thought this way before. Like, why do I hate myself? I've never hated myself before. It doesn't make sense. And I think that was like my first spoonful of shadow work because I distinctly remember sitting down thinking, You've never hated yourself before. Why do you hate yourself now? <laughs> the, the one portion where I think probably everybody starts out, to be honest. I mean, because it's like the most volatile. Like, when you hate yourself, like, everything goes to shit because yeah. you hate yourself. <laughs> and I do remember I do remember it being an, a, an ex thing, being a breakup thing, being like, well, not just that, but, like, when you lose all your friends and you lose, you know, the person you're in a relationship with and you're like, oh, God, nobody likes me, so I don't like me. Yeah. You know, it's like, what? First of all, it's never bothered me before that nobody liked me. Why does it bother me now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of where I was when I first got into the military because, like, every day I would go to work and then I'd go back to my room and I'd eat something, and I'd go to bed, and I'd wake up, and I'd go to work, and I'd come back to my room, and I'd eat something. And on the weekends, I just sat in my room, and that that mentality fucking just... It, uh, what's, what's the word? When it starts to just multiply? Draining? No. Oh, no. No. Met metastasize. <laughs> That's uh -oh. the word I was looking for. Oh, damn, big word for 500, Alex. <laughs> like, it's kind of no, hard. No, I, I, I feel. Yeah, like, it's kind of hard not to feel that way when you're lonely, especially, because when I first that's got the in, word. that's... That's what it... Yeah, that's what it yeah because when I, was, when I first got in, that's, like... Nobody liked me in boot camp except for, like, Seagroves and somebody else. There was, like, two people who liked me. And then when I got to the squadron, I was just... There was really nobody to talk to because everybody else was way older than me or knew what they were doing. And then when I got to the 
uh, to the Lion Shack, it was all dudes. So it's like, it was lonely situation after lonely situation after lonely situation where as a person who has a hard time making friends already and being in a situation where I'm like, well, I'm here to work, I'm not here to make friends, which is how I see work in general, but I've gotten kind of over that. Like, I can be friendly with my coworkers and have friends who are coworkers, but I can also differentiate between the two now. Like, I can split it up. I don't, it doesn't bother me to be friends with my coworkers and still tell them, hey, we need to go do this, like it used to when I was younger. But, like... If you're not moving, if you're not doing stuff, if you're not, like, looking for the next thing, it's kind of easy for that mentality to just multiply and just take over your whole being so that when you are doing something, it's still sitting in the back of your mind like, hey, you know that thing you just did? That was fucking stupid. Now you're going to stay up all night thinking about it. And it's like, I fucking hate you. That little voice in the back of your head, I'm like, I fucking hate you, and you need to go away. But that took, like, three years to do. I think that happened over one of my deployments. Or actually, no, it happened right after the first one, like, halfway through the first one. Like, half a year after the first one. It took me a bit to get there. Yeah, it's not an easy road. But I think... It's probably the most important thing you can do to yourself. Yeah, it it really it really has to be the starting position. point if you think about it. Because if you don't at least like yourself, none of the rest of it's gonna make a difference, really. And it's something that like you hear a lot in celebrities say a lot, but it's really true. Like if you don't like yourself, like that's just it. Nothing else is gonna fall into place. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that you have to love yourself. That one takes a lot longer. And that's one of the boxes, Nate, that I would one day like to talk about because I have opinions. <laughs> like, literally, I think uh, it's always going to be something you're working at. Like, there may be a day where you can say, I love myself without any conditions. But it, I think it's that's a road that takes a long time to get to. So really where you have to start is liking yourself and forgiving yourself for everything else. And then you can start into everything else. I know I've said that already, but whatever. But, but it needs to be said again. <laughs> I just, I feel, I feel very strongly. And I think I probably, I cried last night, and then I cried again. Like, I stopped crying, and then I, I was chilling, doing nothing, and then I just started crying again. And, and it, it really, but it felt like, it's going to be hard to describe for anybody who hasn't felt this. But for those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know. It, it just felt necessary and healing. It was, it, it felt like the rain's coming after, like, a drought. It just felt it wasn't me doing it and I wasn't like wallowing in self-pity or anything. Like it wasn't like I'm sad and I'm crying. It just, it just came and then it was over. Yeah. And then it was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I feel that way. I, I feel that specifically because 
there's a, like, when I was under, like, a sheer amount of just crushing stress when I was at work, um, if I, well, like, if I didn't just go into the bathroom and cry for a little bit, then I would just spend the whole day, probably the next two weeks, just in the same loop. But if I, like, felt the need to cry and then went and did instead of holding it in, then it, like, reset my entire emotional sphere and it was easier to handle. It's one of my favorite spiritual lessons. I remember seeing it first for Buddhism, and I've seen it multiple, multiple times uh, since doing witchcraft. And it's one of my favorite spiritual lessons to take in emotions and feel them when they come and then let them go. Don't hold on to them. Don't befriend them. Don't, you know, rent them out a room and let them live there. But don't ignore them either. You know, I know, like, we live in a day and age of memes and Instagram, and everywhere you look, it's all about positivity and optimism. And it's like, no, no, it's okay to feel things. You're supposed to feel things. And if you're feeling upset, feel upset, but let that go. Feel it, and then when it's done, it's done, and release it. It's easier said than done, but it does get a little bit easier once you start doing it. To just sort of, okay, I recognize this feeling, I'm upset, I'm going to be upset, and I'm not upset. <laughs> like, don't hold on to it. Yeah, don't, but don't but let it rent out any space in your head. It's like, you're supposed to feel it, though. Don't let other people tell you to, oh, just be happy all the time, or do this, or do that, or positivity all the time. Like, being upset is not not being positive. No, that's a double negative, but I said what I said. <laughs> it's like you're a person with emotions, and if you're upset, you're upset. Feel it. Like, acknowledge it. Feel it. Because it's if you're starting to be like a robot, which I know, as we've described back in the day when I was totally in my machismo and totally pushing that bravado and acting like nothing phases me, that was more painful than just feeling emotions. You're just sitting there just blocking everything off, but you're not acknowledging that you might be upset about something and that it's okay to be upset about whatever that thing is, but you're thinking, I need to be tough and strong all the time. I've always been one of those people being like, I need to be strong all the time. And strength is not what you think it is. It's purported to be a certain way, but it is not that way. (laughs) Like the way it's, portrayed on the media it's not that yeah the sooner you learn that honestly everything gets a little bit easier yeah like Like, I'm a huge crybaby and when I was a kid it used to bother me that I would get I when I'd get out I'd cry I'm like why are you such a crybaby and I know you know I I had a bit of that my mother was a bit that way being like why are you crying stop crying You know, we live in a world where you're not allowed to cry, and I'm a big fucking crybaby. Not in the way of dramatic. I've just always been, like, a bit of a crier. Like, (laughs) when I feel emotions, I will probably start crying. So I grew up thinking that wasn't okay, and then it finally hit me that it was like, I'm a crybaby, and I'm I'm just, that's it. (laughs) That's That's it. I don't know. (laughs) Like, everyone's just going to have to deal with it. Like, that's fine. Yeah. And I think... Because it's okay. Because it, it, everyone else is saying it's not okay. That doesn't mean that it's true. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, I ain't hurting nobody. <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, 
the the biggest uh how do I say this like the most hurtful thing that they perpetuate about strength being like macho and not showing emotion is that it hurts the dudes more than anybody else like I have a friend I have a friend at um back in California uh at my old squadron and he was raised with only women he didn't have a father he had his mother and I think he had like four sisters and he came out a very emotional person and I um like I commend him every time he's able to like have just an emotional conversation or be able to show his emotions because you know so many of those dudes just aren't doing it and it's like no that's that's the kind of guy you want to get with and he has a wife and he has two kids and a baby on the way now and I'm so happy for him like I'm proud that he's able to do that and I wish like media wouldn't show dudes as like stone figures as much as they do because that's really not strength <laughs> like you were saying strength is like being able I think strength is being able to handle your emotions and continue on <laughs> instead of just right. getting sucked into the black hole of whatever they're trying to do to you cuz one of my favorite quotes was uh fearless is not being, you know, is not not having fear. It's doing things with that fear. The way I see it, like, I remember thinking this about death because I am I am very much a person who's afraid to die. And I'm not saying, like, I don't feel that way and it's just going to go away now that I believe this. But I do, I did have that moment where it's like, I realize why you're not supposed to be afraid of that stuff. Or you're supposed to walk along, it's almost like you're supposed to hold fear's hand. It's not, you're not supposed to live life without it. You're just supposed to acknowledge it. It's okay to feel afraid to do something. When people say that they're fearless and we have this idea of like being fearless means that you're carefree and you don't give a shit. That is not, that they give a shit, but they're willing to push past it and sort of hold fear's hand and say, we're walking into this together. Like I'm going in this with you because I'm scared shitless, but I'm doing it. <laughs> I say death because I also feel like, you know, we're afraid of death because it's death. But it's also like, I mean, just kind of, you're supposed to hold its hand a little bit. Be like, you know, you're here and you're coming. I'm going to hold your hand, though. Like, because it's like, you can't escape it. I mean, not to get on a death soapbox. But I it, I remember I was thinking specifically of death when I thought, like, you're just supposed to kind of hold fear's hand. Think of fear as like a person. Just hold its hand and go in there. Because it's not, it's not about not having it. Because everyone feels it, and we act like people don't. And that's not true. <laughs> like, it's dead-ass okay to be afraid of whatever you're, you're, whatever you're afraid of. Yeah. That doesn't make you weak to be afraid to do something. <sighs> so... Just take a breath. Just take a breather. Let's wrap this up. around. <laughs> Took a little bit of a. That's my. That's my discovering yourself soapbox. That's what is. is we're not going to call it finding yourself. Throw that away. We're not calling it that anymore. You're not a. You're not a puzzle with missing pieces. There's nothing to find. It's already in there. <laughs> yeah, it's. 
like you said, discover yourself. I like the term awaken just because it makes more sense in my head. It's like you're reaching down into yourself and you're like, come on, let's go. <laughs> Wake the fuck up. It's time to go. We got shit to do. <laughs> we got shit to get done. Come on, drink some water, eat some food. Let's go. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Bring your water bottle because I know you're dehydrated. <laughs> I know you haven't drank water in like three days, but let's go. <laughs> it's like if I could give, if anybody wanted some advice, if anyone's sitting here thinking like, Oh, God, like, yeah, I relate. How do I start? Honestly, say I'm sorry to yourself. Like, dead ass. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> and you might cry. You might feel something. It might actually strike you in a way that it, it, it you might surprise yourself. But, it, like, I know... Some people don't believe in the whole inner child or like, you know, maybe you don't believe in a soul or I don't know you. I don't know what you believe in, but try it. Maybe you don't feel anything, but just do it. Just say, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, how many people do you think of it this way? How many people have you said I'm sorry to on a, like, just in the day? When's the last time you said I'm sorry to yourself? <laughs> it's like, we do a lot of things for other people that we don't do for ourselves. Sort of like it's sort of like loving yourself is a big journey, but it, it, that is the part of the root. It's like when's the last time you said I love you to yourself? <laughs> yeah, you say I love you to your dad, but you don't say it to yourself. You see yourself every day. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I believe in affirmations. I would say, like, you know, just start there. Just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I don't love you enough, Dennis. You could say that to yourself. I'm sorry I don't love you enough. I'm sorry I don't drink water. <laughs> I think another good way to do that, like, if that doesn't work, is to, like, write it down. Because that write usually... Write a letter to yourself. Oh write a God. letter... Write a letter to yourself, and it's okay to think that you're think that you're writing it to somebody else. Like, address it to yourself. Like, right. put your name like, at the top, put from from me whatever you want to do at the bottom, like address it to yourself, write your letter and address it to yourself at the bottom too. <laughs> However you want to do that. I've done that a lot. I've done it to other people too. I, you know, I've, we've both gone to therapy. I've <laughs> definitely done that whole, like write a letter to somebody saying how you feel that you're never going to send, but do it. And you'd never think to do that to yourself, but do it to yourself. I did that on um, deployment for a while, not to myself, but to, like, I had intentions of sending them, and then I just ended up just writing them, just to write them, just to vent into a notebook. Yeah. Anyways. I not feel finding like yourself. Our, our, our episodes have been not heavy, but just touching on it. Yeah. <laughs> peeking into the bag. Yeah, we're peeking into the bag of the deep shit. <laughs> it's because it's where we're at right now. It's what we're doing right now. I've been doing shadow work for the past, like, three weeks. <laughs> Which suffice it to say, that's not some, it's not something that just... If you think shadow work stops, I'm really sorry. Like, you're always growing and developing, and it's just fine just accept just accept the process because it ain't going nowhere 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, eventually, you'll have to do it again and again and again. Well, in a way, I feel like it's a little bit comforting, at least to me, being like, you don't have to do it all in one fell swoop. Yeah. And then be a perfect person. That's not a thing. That's <laughs> not how that works at all. Right. It's okay. Like, I know we say, it's okay to have faults. Everybody has faults. But no, seriously, it's okay to work on one fault at a time. Yeah. <laughs> like, and your definition of your faults does not have to be everybody else's definitions of your faults. Oh. Like, you know yourself. Definitely. If there's something somebody doesn't like about you, but you're totally at peace with, fuck them. Literally, but dead ass. If there is something about you that you do not live with yourself every day, you better fix that. (laughs) There. Okay. (laughs) This should probably end it here. But uh, I'm gonna tell this story really quick about people who don't like you, and there. So there is this one chick on deployment, and I know I've told you about her. I know I ranted about this. I know it like. It was so relieving. You could probably see it on my face when it was her last day at work. And, um, but on deployment, we got into this really big row because, uh, I guess I hadn't heard her say she was going to take this job or whatever. So I went to go do the supervisory thing and, like, find out what was going on, what are we doing, when are we going to do it, blah, 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 whatever. Trying to figure out the details. And, um, I went into the shop, and I started getting stuff out for it, and she was like, well, me and this person are gonna do it. And it's like, okay, so this is what, um, this other person said we were gonna do, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, he can come up here and tell, tell me him that himself. And I was like, that's not how this works. Like, just go talk to him. Well, no, they're the ones who want our help, so he has to come up here. And I was like, uh, okay. Anyways, it went into, it just devolved into this whole, like, bullshit ring of me talking to them and then coming back and talking to her and then coming back to them and telling somebody down there, I was like, can you just go take her up to where you guys need to go? Because I'm fucking done with it and she doesn't want me to show her. So, can somebody go do it? Um, so that happened, and then we got into, a, like, a huge fucking fight because I was pissed. Like, heart racing, face red kind of pissed. And, um, um, but our supervisor at the time, like, took both of us aside and was like, just help everybody. And I was like, how is that a bad thing? What am I, what... That doesn't make any help. Like, that doesn't make any sense. What What does that even mean? I don't need your help. Okay, well, tell me you don't need my help or don't want my help. Like, don't just tell me to go fuck myself. It doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Anyways, point being <laughs> is exactly what you said. Some people are not going to like you for the things that you like about yourself. And it just, right. it won't make any sense to you and you just kind of, like, it took me a long time to learn this. You just kind of look at them and say, okay, go fuck yourself, I guess. I, I've had, like, an old a burlesque artist. And one of her, you know, one of her, my favorite quotes about that she said was, other people's opinion about you is not your fucking business. Yeah, right? 
other, the way other people feel about you is literally not your business. And I know that sounds backwards as hell. And I know it's like, what do you mean it's not my business? But no, seriously, because it, it has everything to do with them and nothing to do with you. And it's literally not your business how other people feel about you. Because there's nothing to be helped. Yeah. We can't help them. The And literally, you have to think of it in the terms of, when you're thinking of a specific person and you're thinking, does their opinion matter? Like, no, literally ask that question. Like, seriously ask that question. Because I can understand if you're in a position where it does matter, if you're famous and, you know, you have to have connections or, you know, you're this, that, or the third, where it actually kind of does matter. Well, that's a little bit different, you know, case by case. But just in general, in life, does it matter? Because who are they going to tell? Like, who are they going to tell that matters that they don't like you? And then if they say, oh, I don't like her, you know there are a ton of people who go, oh, I like her. Because you do that to other people. You know what I mean? Like, how many times have you ever done that? Somebody's like, ew, I don't like her. And you're just like, I think she's fine. Yeah. I think they're fine. Think of, like, how many times that someone's done that for you. Probably a lot more than you think. I mean, like, Ugh, I don't like her. And then a lot of people were like, oh, shit, I think she's fine. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Total agreement. Like, I'm already, like, just talking about that situation has got me a little bit mad and, like, hot already. <laughs> like. Yeah. Mm. It, oh, anytime I talk about it, it just gets me just riled up again. Even though I've, like, already put it behind me, just thinking about it makes me mad again. <laughs> no, no, I, I understand. Yeah. Well, I mean, like. Well, it's, it's the point of feeling. It's the point of healing because, you know. Like, I won't, I won't air out all of my own dirty laundry, but I don't have the best relationship with my mother. And sometimes when I think of situations that happened, I think, I know I should, you know, this doesn't hurt as much as it did, but it still hurts. It still pisses me off. There are situations I think about that I'm like, God, I just hate that that happened. I, ugh. Yeah. It just makes you, ugh. And I'm like, I'm healing. Because part of it, it might be, it doesn't make me as mad as it used to. I'm still mad, but not as mad. Part of it could be, I'm not mad about other things, though. It's okay that I'm still mad about this because, you know, there are other things that I've let go. You know, it's just, it's not in one fell swoop. It's a process. <laughs> Let it be the process. Yeah, for sure. A long like, TED Talk it. <laughs> about the beginnings of shadow work. Well, I mean, we're both, we're both doing shadow work at the moment, so it's very... It's very, uh applicable touch top a touch topic <laughs> that we will touch on again that's why i said part one <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i think like an anointing oil with like black licorice would be good for shadow work oh yeah and, and like star anise which they smell similar like star anise is often used in black licorice is it, that's, like, the taste? But anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about it now. Oh, I, I also know the workings of licorice, yes. Plans. <laughs> the new moon soon. Plans. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so. that's, that's the episode. <laughs> Discover yourself. Don't find yourself. And anointing There's oils. nothing to find. Everything's right there where you need it to be. 
<laughs> Anyways, that was the episode, guys. We'll uh we'll see you next time. Uh, if you want to keep up with us, oh shit! <laughs> find us on Instagram at Mixed Witches Podcast. Find us on Twitter. On Twitter at Mixed Witches Pod. No cast. <laughs> no cast. Cast. And you can email us at Gmail um, at Mixed Witches Podcast at Gmail dot com. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we talk on Facebook, so don't look for us there. Yeah, we're not. And we're still working on the uh, the website, so. Yeah. So, to just like fun. we're working on a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay, <Yeah>, so <laughs> plays out, Maestro.
candles, but no fire. We've been burned. He's in desire, chasing after that witch's brew. Bam, 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 bam. Dreaming about paradise. Play those cards, baby. Roll those dice, y'all. Chasing after that witch's brew. Bam, 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 bam. Sailing down Z Street again. Damn. Most of it reach, but out of your grasp. Last drop at the bottom of your glass, y'all. Chasing after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 damn.